Welcome to the Communicate for Good podcast, where leaders on a mission to make the world a better place come to talk and learn about how communication, language, and words can help increase awareness, revenue, and impact with less stress and more joy. I'm your host, Erica Mills Barnhart, and I'm so excited you're here with me. Let's dive right in. Hello. Welcome to episode 60 of the Communicate for Good podcast. I am Erica Mills Barnhart. I am your host, your communication expert, coach, um, your Sherpa, uh, (laughs) at least for this podcast episode. If you're new to the podcast, I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. If you're a longtime listener, thank you uh, for being on the journey with me. So in the last episode, we talked about transitions and decision making and what you can learn from observing the way you transition throughout the day, the way you make decisions about transitions, all of that. I encourage you to notice what I called micro-transitions, so the little bitsy decisions you make throughout the day, um, and how they impact you. I would love to hear what you learned. Truly, I'd love to hear what you learned. My contact information is always in the show notes, right? So at the end of that episode, I also suggested that you build your imaginary or hypothetical dream team kitchen cabinet, people, living or dead, who you admire. And from whom you've cooking insight and in, in inspiration, if you ask their advice. I suggested that, the dream team in particular, with a caveat. And that caveat is that you would use the insight as a way to, you know, help with decision making, that you could cons- you would consider that advice while staying true to you. So there's power to be gained from making the implicit explicit. Yes. And so this, this is a bit about making something that might be implicit or intuitive to you explicit. Like when I work with clients or I'm teaching, I will often model something that I'm suggesting, right? So maybe it's like a high stakes conversation and they're really amped up about it. I'm going to slow my voice way down, right? Even as I'm talking them through it, right? We're going to talk about the energetics of language. How might they channel that, right? What are the outcomes and what are the inputs, right? After we've talked through the substance or the content, I'm going to name what I was doing and say, this pacing, you're going to do it your way. But just that, that you know, you really need to be in a neutral place. And so I'm modeling the pace that might work, okay? I'm going to make, that's me naming it or making the implicit explicit, okay? Well, with that invitation of, you're not, you're not me, only I can be me and you, and only you can be you. So do it in a way that feels authentic to you. So you might be somebody who walks through the world making decisions consistently from a place of perfect alignment and integrity with your values and purpose. If so, fantastic. You are intuitively making decisions that are in alignment with your personal integrity system. Maybe you didn't know this. <laughs> so and maybe you're somebody who's feeling tippy. Right? Who, you know, you're kind of in a space or a moment of time where you're like, man, I keep making these decisions and they just feel off. Right. So, either way, it is time well invested to define your personal integrity system. I will get into the specifics of that in a moment. Um, it's so helpful to have as leader, especially as you or if you find yourself with increasing levels of positional authority and with more and more people operating inputs and ideas, right? You need a way to stay clear, a way to filter all of that for yourself, often in an organizational context, yes, but not always. 
Not always, right? So uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, but like what this looks like in an organizational level is the combination of your identity statements and your strategic plan. So that's like your organizational integrity system. And that's you know the filter through which you make de- uh, decisions. Okay, by the, I'm going to talk about, by the by, the personal integrity system in the context of modern leadership. So assuming you're leading in an organizational environment with other humans, reminder, the word leadership did not always involve other humans. But this can inform decision-making on many fronts, not just when your work identity is primary. Okay, so if that last little bit confounded you, work identity primary, what is she talking about? Go back and listen to that, to the last episode where we talk about identity as it relates to transitions and context, okay? Um, so go back into that. But this is... That's the the context in which I'm sort of coming at this. So in doing some research on integrity, of course, anybody who's been listening for a while will know, like, I want us to understand and give uh, give meaning to the word integrity. So I tend to look up etymology um, or the history of the word. And, and I came across like a really unexpected source, which was, it looks like a memo. Um, but the only thing is it has a it has a logo on it, which was the UN's International Organization on Migration, their human resources department. And they put out, again, I can only refer to it as a memo, like a one-pager on integrity and its role. Um, and they looked at the etymology, high five IOM, um, which is the acronym for International Organization on Migration. And they explain it this way. Integrity involved the Latin adjective integer, meaning whole or complete. It is defined as an undivided or unbroken completeness or a state of being complete or whole. They go on to say, when used to describe a person, it refers to the concept of living by one's values and principles. In this sense, completeness is a comprehensive framework of beliefs, moral principles, ethics and standards, a worldview which guides every decision and action. I love that. So it's comprehensive. And let's just note as a high bar, right? To be in integrity at all times, just fully and completely and always and forever, only make decisions that are in alignment with your worldview. Uh, you know, if you've been leading for any period of time, if you've been within an organization for, for any period of time, you know that, that, you know, there are trade-offs. So, and that's okay, right? Like that is part of being strategic, um, you just want to make sure that you're not constantly undermining or constantly find yourself in a situation where you're out of a, you're you're out of alignment with your values or not living fully into your purpose. And we're going to talk about one more this idea of how can you define what a state of being complete or whole means to you because you know that is just a really challenging way to lead your life. Now, just practically speaking, there will be seasons in your life where maybe you have to be in a job because you need the job. Like there are reasons why you need the job, okay? Um, so for you, if that's a season you're in, do this Do this work of defining your personal integrity system, see what you learn about yourself and start looking down the road, right? So not making yourself wrong, of course, for being where you're at, um, but seeing what it might look like, feeling what it might feel like, to be in an organizational environment where you're more often in alignment with your personal integrity system. Okay, so those are some some caveats. Um, Okay, so what are the elements? Any system has elements. What are the elements of your personal integrity system? There are three. Number one, um, your three core values. Okay, so I'm going to tell, let me tell you what they are and then we'll go back. Your three core values, um, your purpose, 
And then um, a very clear articulation of what being complete or whole uh, means to you. Okay, those are the three things. And when you put them all together um, and you consistently run decisions through this PIS, you will show up more consistently. You will be more reliable um, in terms of how you go through life for yourself and also for others. So your three core values, these are the ones you hold most dear. Why three? Well, one, our brain likes threes. Uh, but also because if you have more, they become less useful as a decision-making tool. This is this is based on um, more my work at the organizational level, but also at the leadership level. It's just the more they're, you know, it's multivariate versus single variate optimization. Um, so I suggest three at the personal and organizational level for this reason. They just, they tend more than three um, their efficacy uh, in terms of consistent uh, decision-making diminishes. So uh, do I have clients that end up with more? A hundred percent, totally. And if that sits right for you, if you're like, I feel limited by three, constrained in a way that doesn't sit right, this is literally about you doing you. So, um, so you know, more than five, I am going to like, I'm going to rouse you about more than five um, because then they get a little unruly. Up to five, ideally more like three. So as a, for instance, I'll share mine. Generosity, creativity, and knowledge. Okay, so um, in particular, you know, in the context of Claxon, um, you know, I love knowledge. Like, if you, even, even if this is the first episode you've listened to, um, you'll just see, like, I gobble it up. I love it. Not everybody thinks, you know, reading Margaret Wheatley's leadership and the new science is like their idea of a good time. That is literally my idea of a good time. Uh, it's not the only thing I do, okay, but but it is. And so um, I want to share that. Like, I really truly want to share it with people like you. And that's where generosity comes in. Um, I don't, I don't want to forward my knowledge. Why would I do that? Um, so that's where the generosity comes in. And the creativity, you can see, like, for instance, um, if you know the tool, the Wordifier, you know that that's a, and this, this is new to you. So the Wordifier is um, a tool, wordifier.com will get you there, W-O-R-D-I-F-I-E-R.com. And this is a pretty fun tool, a, a creative way of bringing knowledge um, to the nonprofit sector. Um, it's based on a huge corpus of research. We pulled uh, every word off 2,503 nonprofit websites so that we would be able to generalize it to the entire sector at a 95% confidence interval, right? Um, but then, like, the database was so big that it kept crashing our machines. I was like, well, that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to work for others. So we created this tool, this free online tool. tool. And it was a creative, generous way to share knowledge. Um, most of Clax's tools, to be transparent, um, go through that filter, right? Like, this is why we have the one, two, three marketing tree. It's why we have pitchfalls. Why bad pitches happen to good people. You know, the list goes on and on. All of these are, what is the creative way that I can share this knowledge that makes it digestible, accessible, approachable, right? A lot, a, a lot goes into that. So that's just an example. That's core values. And then what's your purpose? What is the unique gift that you have to share with the world? And why does that matter to you? This does not need to be fancy. And please don't overthink it. You want to feel your way to whatever this answer is. And I I, in, in, uh, I work a lot with my colleague, Dr. Bodshaw, who has been on this program, um, on this podcast. And um, we have done this with literally hundreds. He's probably done with thousands of people so far. And we do it in like under 15 minutes. So and actually, I've done it with one client and we had seven minutes to go through it. And you know, what's really striking is if you just let yourself feel it and you go, it's like, oh, that's kind of the first thing that came to mind. 
go with that, right? Um, most people will refine it a little bit, but the core of it, the essence, is something you already know. So just tap into that, right? Uh, mine is to unleash the power of words to make the world a better place. Always asking, always will be probably. I might refine that over time, but that's fundamentally the deal for me. And then I combine that with my values. Now, the last piece of your personal integrity system is to get clear on what it feels like and what it looks like when you are in a state of being complete or whole, okay? Sometimes it's easier to come at it by asking, when do I feel fractured or divided, right? And think of examples for each, but really in doing this work, I can say sometimes the sometimes it is easier for us to, to feel the fractured or divided moments as opposed to um, the, oh, that sense of being complete or whole. Um, for me, I just want to keep giving you a, an actual real life example of this. I feel complete when I'm with my family, cliche and true. When I'm skiing, um, I used to say like when I'm in nature and that's kind of true. But for me, there's something about skiing. Um, I just love, um, and I particularly love skiing with my husband and the kids that well, my daughter doesn't ski anymore. Very disappointing, but my son loves it. It's just, I just love it. I totally love it. Not when I'm going tumble bumble down the hill, which totally happens, but in general, over the course of a day or whatever, I feel whole. I just love it. And then professionally, I feel whole or complete when I'm coaching and when I'm speaking. So from a decision-making perspective, I filter opportunities as they come my way through this lens of, you know, and I paraphrase it as, how can I be in greatest service to others while being and staying true to myself? values, purpose, state of being complete or whole. And when you put these things, three things together, um, you can, you know, you're going to get a clear sense when you ask yourself, um, for this opportunity, am I going to feel more whole or complete or less? If it's less, there's got to be some really good reasons to say yes to whatever the opportunity is. And again, sometimes those reasons exist. I'm not discounting that. Um, but this is a place to start. Okay. So, do you see how this works? Um, and ooh, the world moves really quickly. And so, this needs to become a habit of mind. Um, you got to work the system. Just like, you know, previous episodes, we've gone into the energetics of language is the premise, right? That words matter because they are matter. So, our work is to channel them um, in all sorts of different ways. Communicate I.O., work the system, the class and method, work the method. You have to do this frequently enough that it just becomes, you know, like I have it. Um, values, your purpose, clarity on what makes you whole. And that's what uh, taken together is your personal integrity system. The more decisions that are in harmony with the system, the more vitality and energy you will have. I am living proof. Um, when you make decisions out of integrity, you create an integrity leak. This is an energetically, sometimes it's a financial leak, um, but the but the thing that is unseen is the energetic leak. It just keeps tugging at you. It zaps your energy, even if it's not the conscious level. This can this can happen entirely at the subconscious level, by the way, but it's still an energy leak. So be aware of that. And there's trade-offs. So like I, I just want to say again, in an organizational context, especially as a leader holding positional authority you know, who values diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility, you want to be getting broad input 
you do. So this is a way for you to make sense of that. It is a sense-making tool as much as a decision-making tool. Yes. And as a leader, especially in these uncertain times, (laughs) which I don't know that that's ever going to go away, but let's just say it like that. Um, being reliable and predictable is something people are really craving because it feels even if I mean there's a lot out there that's like actually the world is just as unpredictable as it's always been. But um, because we have access to more knowledge and more information, it feels less predictable. So you showing up consistently um, is a gift. <laughs> that is a gift to the people that you are in service to in your organization. Okay. It reduces chaos. It reduces confusion. And chaos uh, is just, you know, part of nature. It's part of the world. But we do have to, when it gets out of control, that's costly. Okay. Confusion is costly. So we do want to mitigate that. And this is one way to do that. Now, um, if you're up for a bonus question, (laughs) first, actually just a related thing. Given your, and this relates to communication. Yeah. Given your personal integrity system, are there words that you wouldn't use? Are there communication channels that you wouldn't use because they are out of alignment with your PIS? Um, like I, I always, I always harp on the word awesome. I don't harp on it. I use awesome all the time because I use awesome all the time. No one is surprised when I use the word awesome. But I have a pretty casual style, um, and so if you are somebody who has never used the word awesome, um, especially again if you're a leader who tends to maybe have a more formal communication style. Uh, maybe as a value, you have tradition as a value. This might this might lend itself to a more um, traditional um, or more yeah. Tra- we'll go with that. I think you know what I mean. Um, style of communicating. So if all of a sudden we're in a moment of a big decision about like a strategic initiative, and you show up talking like me. Actually, I wouldn't say this in this situation. But if you all of a sudden are like, I don't know. I think it could be awesome. Um, this creates a lot of consternation um, for your team because they're like, whoa, whoa, what happened to Erica? Where'd she go, right? Um, Or Bill or whatever, um, who doesn't talk that way. So just be, this is fun, right? Um, To try to think about what are, do I use awesome? Do I not? Why why do I use that? Or do I not use it? Claxon, on our website, we have a resource called the personal um, it's called a personal lexicon. You can also create this at the organizational level. Um, I do that a lot with clients. With my coaching clients, we create a personal lexicon. Um, and one of the things that they identify, that you would identify, is words to avoid. Okay? Words to avoid. So what might your PIS say about that? Also, your PIS might give you things like, um, I hold a, you know, certain values that make social media kind of out of integrity for me. I don't like what's going on there. All right. So it, you know, there are definitely more and more professionals um, who are like, I'm just off social media. If that's you, great. What does that, you know, what does that look like for you? Let it guide some of these decisions about your communication. I really, I want to hear how this plays out for you. I, I found it to be so powerful. And this is related, you know, for some of you who who remember that episode with Dr. Bajda on it, I've talked about personal purpose statements um, a few times. You might be like, this, this is, how is this different than the personal purpose statement? Um, it is similar, and Octar may have a different take, and he'll tell us if he does. Um, but to me, there is this piece about wholeness that I'm very intentionally introducing here that I want you to get curious about. But also the personal integrity system is meant to be a decision-making tool. Whereas a purpose statement, it gives you great clarity and give you motivation. Um, this is a decision-making 
tool, right? But you got to work the system, like I said before, often enough so that it becomes secondhand. At first, it's not going to be. You are going to have to pause um, and really think and feel your way through the answers, um, you know, as you filter through your system and find the answers. Um, but over time, you'll be able to do it more quickly. And once you, you know, you're going to define it out of the gate, you'll refine it, especially in the early days as you make decisions um, using your PIS. Some tinkering is part of the process to be expected, but don't cheat on yourself. What do I mean by that? Don't shift your personal integrity system because you made a, a decision that's out of alignment and now you're trying to justify that decision by changing your PIS. It, you know, that doesn't work with the GPS and it's not going to work with your PIS, right? Um, just notice instead, just notice that that particular decision was was out of harmony, you know, it created discord for you. And again, get curious about that. What options did you have? Could you have done anything differently? Sometimes again, in an organizational or systems context, the answer is no. Okay. But it's still worth noticing when that discord um, presents itself. All right. Just get curious and stay curious. Um, and if you feel like you need or want help defining your personal integrity system, please book a, a free discovery call with me. Um, we can go into it in more detail. The link, as always, is in the show notes. All right. Um, I'm super excited for you to play around with this. Um, let me know where you land. Um, and I will look forward to hearing any and all of it. In the meantime, do good, be well, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Communicate for Good podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would right here, right now, go rate and review the podcast. Your review will help even more purpose-driven leaders, teams, and organizations learn how to use words to change the world. To find more ways that communication can help you increase awareness, revenue, and impact, head on over to www.claxon.communicationnos.com.